All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Simple Man's Guide to the Good Life. Week two here of kind of the seminar series podcast format that I'm doing. Um, going over like the seminar that I gave at my gym and, you know, if I was to ever give this again in person um, and just kind of doing a more online version for those that maybe didn't attend, for those that aren't in my community at my gym. Um, the next five weeks, the podcast episodes will probably be a little bit smaller because each section of the pillars of health that I'm going to talk about um, are short um, and their entirety it's long, but each little section is relatively short-ish. Again, when I do one-on-one coaching with people, we get way more in the weeds with this, way more in depth. We get way more personalized. These are just general overviews, things to think about, some key takeaways uh, that we're working with. So let's get into kind of pillar number one. Um, I like to use quotes. I like to look back um, or even current day kind of thought leaders, people that are working on these things uh, to kind of get us going thinking in a different way. So pillar one, like to start off talking about mindfulness, meditation, mindset, the way we think about things, self-awareness. It's the number one key to making habit change. It's what allows you to actually start to make connections to I'm doing this thing. It's having this outcome. It's making me feel this way. Here's why I need to continue it or why I need to change. If we don't have that level of self-awareness, we're just putting things into place because somebody else told us to, and we're not connecting to it and it's never going to stick. So we got to start this first base of these pillars with kind of our mindset, building mindfulness, building self-awareness and through meditation is how we do that. But John Kabat-Zinn, Mindfulness means paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and the key here, non-judgmentally, right? So when we become mindful, when we are mindful of our actions, what we're doing is we're noticing something in the present moment, and we're not adding judgment value. We're not labeling it good, bad, uh, lazy, you know, whatever. We're just going, oh, this thing happened. I reacted this way, et cetera. That's mindfulness, but it's a practice to build that level of mindfulness. But once you do, you start to live a lot more fulfilling life because you're able to intervene uh, really easily with certain things that you're doing or certain ways you're thinking. So let's get into how do we build mindfulness and meditation practice? First, let's talk about mindset, right? We're talking about the mind. We're talking about mindfulness. We're talking about meditation. The reason I want to start with mindset is growth mindset is thrown around all the time in life co- lifestyle coaching, holistic coaching, all this kind of stuff. I want to talk about growth mindset as I kind of see it as like O23 sees it. Really what growth mindset is at its core is ownership over your life and circumstances, complete ownership. It's getting away from victim mentality, right? Um, it's getting away from a fixed mindset. It's getting away from this idea that Things are the way they are, and they always will be this way, and I have no control over it. It's starting to understand the things that you actually do have control over. And what we start to understand is the only thing we have control over in our life is ourselves, right? Is our mind, is our actions. And once we take ownership of those things, we can start to have a big impact on how we're showing up in life. Uh, Growth mindset is leaning into experimentation and challenge to change self and circumstances. It's leaning into the uncomfortableness of I'm going to try new things. I'm going to fail at new things, but I'm not even going to look at it as failure. I'm going to look at it as experimentation. I'm learning. I'm trying. 
Um, it's embracing the path and the journey over the outcome. We hear that all the time, right? We don't want to be outcome focused. We want to be kind of journey focused. Again, it's getting out of this mindset that my only worth is based off of my outcomes. I am the way I am and I can't change all of these things. We want to say, F all that. I'm in control of my life. It's probably the only thing I'm in control of in this world. So how do I want to show up? How do I want to live? How do I want to be? Let's make that happen. How do we make that happen? We just try new things. We learn from those new things and we move forward. That's growth mindset. Okay. Mindfulness 101. Okay. So 101, 102, again, kind of like college courses here. This is a general overview of mindfulness um, as I see it, as O23 kind of sees it. Mindfulness is going to be the single most important factor in our day-to-day progress. I kind of went over why. When we have mindfulness, when we have self-awareness, we're able to take a 30,000 foot view of our actions, of our life, of our interactions, and more easily connect dots, not get caught up in the emotion of it. Um, Not that the emotion is bad. I'm not saying to stuff emotions down. What I'm saying though is when we have an interaction with somebody and we're only attached to maybe the anxiety or the anger, we're not actually connecting to the words that they're saying. We're not connecting to why is this even bringing up about this emotion in me? And that goes with our, our habits and our daily actions as well. Maybe day in and day out, we're waking up groggy and we're attributing it to mindless things because we don't have this 30,000 foot view of our actions and connecting dots and going, oh, every night when I stay up and watch TV till this time, I'm not, you know, I'm not sleeping well. Or what you might do is you might do that. And then you attach value judgment. Oh, I'm a failure because of that. I'm a piece of shit because of that. And then you spiral as opposed to just being like, oh, I'm doing this thing. Let me try something else and move on from there, right? Building mindfulness is what's going to allow you to take steps forward in your life in the way that you want to. Everyone has a general idea, right? I say the word mindfulness. Everyone's going to have a general idea. You have a general idea uh, watching or listening to this, what mindfulness is to you. It's, it's something that gets talked about a lot. There's a lot more out there in the realm of like meditation and mindfulness practice. Um, but we can get a little bit more specific with it, right? Uh, big thing is it's not just not physical, right? A lot of people will think mindfulness, meditation, They'll think sitting on a mountaintop or like the picture I have here, a lot of it is, a lot of it is in here, but a lot of it can be done through physical means as well. And that's something we're going to talk about. Um, We'll always be on the path to mindfulness. We're always working on it. Just like our health, our fitness, we're always working at it. You're never this self-fulfilled like monk on a mountaintop. If you are, you're probably not listening to this, right? So it's, again, getting in this mindset like, oh, I'm always working on it, right? People will try meditation once or twice um, or try to develop a mindfulness practice and they don't, it's not working. The work is working, right? Just working is the work. And because of that, it's a daily practice and progression like anything else. It's just about showing up, about putting in the work, putting in the reps with a practice And what you will start to see is these little glimpses of mindfulness. And after day in, day out, week, month, whatever, it's not about being perfect, right? It's about showing up and doing it. You'll start to notice yourself taking a 30,000 foot view of your actions more often than not. And like almost detaching so you can reattach. That's kind of mindfulness 101 as we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about the difference between meditation and mindfulness, because this is something that I think... um, 
can clear up some, some room here. We want to think as meditation as the practice and mindfulness as the result, right? So meditation is like what you do. It's the, it's the action to eventually lead to mindfulness, mindfulness being the result. It's what you end up having as a byproduct, right? Meditation being the practice. It's like going to the gym, whereas the product of continually showing up and going to the gym is your improved fitness, your improved health markers, right? Your improved overall well-being and, and fitness level. So meditation is like going to the gym and mindfulness is your result of improved fitness. What meditation is really doing, it's, it's creating this space to set your mind into the right mode, into that mindfulness mode, into the mode of growth mindset, of progression, of creating a calm space for your mind to work through whatever it needs to. And then mindfulness you end up thinking, acting, and speaking from that mode. So what starts to happen is you're taking 10, 15, 20, however long out of your day to meditate. And it's this, it's this cordoned off like specific time. Well, what you'll start to find is it bleeds in now to your everyday actions and the way of thinking you're in traffic and you're just a little bit more calmer. You're noticing that you're flustered. You go, well, why am I flustered? That's interesting. As opposed to just getting caught up in it, Right. Meditation allows your thoughts to float, gives you a space to let the thoughts come and go as opposed to you attaching to thoughts. So one of the biggest problems we have is we have a thought and we immediately attach to it and we either spiral or we make rash decisions, right? Um, it's quiet alone time with meditation. And what that ultimately leads to with mindfulness is a better connection to self. You allow deeper thoughts to come up. You allow deeper questions to come up. You're able to actually work through some things that maybe you haven't, um, maybe you need to, and you're giving yourself that space, right? So meditation being the practice, as we meditate, we develop mindfulness. And that's really what we're going for, right? Meditation is the thing that gets us there. In and of itself too, meditation is great, but mindfulness just comes naturally as a byproduct of meditation. Now, can mindfulness come without meditation? Not really. Uh, not in today's age, I would say, in Western societies, right? We need quiet alone time is what we'll call it. We have so much input coming at us 99% of the time that without dedicated quiet alone time, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, it's really unlikely that you're going to develop mindfulness. And we've maybe heard stories of people that all of a sudden have an awakening or something like that. Sure, maybe, but more often than not, what's going to happen is we need to be more diligent building in a meditation practice, whether, and we'll talk about that, um, but it's really just getting quiet alone time to allow these things to start working for you, right? And in the long run, we will develop mindfulness and that mindfulness will help us live a more thriving, fulfilling, happy life. So let's, let's just continue to get clear here. Like, what does mindfulness mean? And what does it not mean? It doesn't mean, again, sitting on a mountaintop. Like a lot of people bring up like, hey, you need to start meditation. You need to start uh, mind developing some mindfulness. They immediately think like Buddhist monk, right? It doesn't, that's not what it means. Not, it can, but that's not what it needs to be, right? So all these are like, can be, these things can, like sitting on a mountaintop, subscribing to a certain religion or belief, turning the mind off having some crazy transcendental experience and like downloading the wonders of the universe. It doesn't need to be any of these things. It can be 
But just because it can be doesn't mean it needs to be. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people won't even start a meditation practice. They go, oh, it's this whole thing. I got to block off two hours. What do you want me to take ayahuasca, man? You want me to start taking shrooms? What do you want me to become a hippie? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I just want you to be alone with your thoughts for 10 minutes. And we might have some pushback there and that's something to dig into. But no, it doesn't need to be any of this crazy, crazy stuff. It can be some of that. And as time goes on with your practice, you'll develop it into something for yourself. And yeah, you can have some of these experiences. Uh, A big one here, turning the mind off. A lot of people think that's what meditation is supposed to be. And they go, I'm really bad at meditation. There is literally no way to be good or bad at meditation. That is the, that's you attaching value judgment to something that isn't meant to have value judgment. There is no such thing as turning the mind off. Even the most ardent Buddhist monk you could go to, and they would tell you, ah, my mind's not off. I'm just, I've got, they've gotten very, very, very good at not attaching to thoughts, but thoughts are still flowing. It would, the only way you're turning the mind off is if you're in a coma. All right. Like you're not doing that. So if you have this hesitancy to start a meditation practice or every time you do, you stop after a week because I'm just not able to turn my mind off. That is not the point of meditation and you will never get there. So get over it. Keep working. Right. What it does mean, right. At its core is being alone with your thoughts and observing internal chatter. If nothing else, meditation truly only means being alone with your thoughts and observing keyword, observing your internal chatter. That's it. It's as simple as that. It can be done in the car. It can be done on a walk. It can be done in 10 minutes when you're doing whatever. The big thing with this is how think about modern society and think about how the moment we're in a line, the moment we're in a waiting room, what do we do? We go to our phones. We go to distraction, right? So for a lot of people, this is the friction right here is just learning how to be alone with your thoughts. Because we don't know how to do that anymore. Even in the 1990s, right before phones and all that kind of stuff, people, you know, maybe had a magazine or something like that, but people were better at this. We're terrible at this now. Take stock of your day and go through your day. How often are you completely alone with your thoughts with no external stimulus? No phone, no email, no laptop, no kids, no nothing, just you and your thoughts. My guess for most, if they haven't developed some kind of practice around meditation or developing quite a long time is you go, uh, when I put my head down on the pillow at night. Yeah, that's most people, right? That in and of itself is why this is so important, right? It's committing to yourself in life. It's saying, hey, I'm important. I need me time. And I mean, me time as in like, I need to work through some of my shit. Your mind then also has a chance to process and filter experience. This is another thing. We are going through things a thousand miles a minute every single day. There's so much coming at us. We're having to make decisions around. We're having hard conversations. We're processing trauma, whatever it is. Again, think about how often your mind actually has a chance to process that. The only way you can process something is by stopping input, right? To process something, to work through something on the inside, you got to work through the things on the inside. You can't have more stuff coming in to the input. Well, that's meditation, right? You're giving your mind a chance to work through the stuff that's been going on. Now, you could have a state shift, right? Again, that's not a prerequisite. It could happen. You could receive some profound insight. The biggest thing is you're going to build some emotional stability and calmness. 
as you do this, you're going to be able to be in situations that maybe would stress you out. Maybe you would react and you regret and just not do that because you'll be aware of what's going on inside of you and you'll detach from it. And I don't mean detach in an unhealthy way. You'll detach from the getting caught up in the moment of the emotion of whatever. You'll be able to look at it from a 30,000 foot view and go, oh, be still, right? So there's so much to be gained. One of the bigger things too, I've started to think about with this is if we think about our day, think we all have a battery, like an emotional battery. uh, And a lot of us, we wake up and we go up and we just go until that battery is drained and we just drop straight down. Taking moments out of our day to get quiet alone time to meditate is like recharging the battery. So yeah, you have some up. Ooh, I took 10 minutes to myself and I came back down and I recharge the battery and I go up and I go down and I go up and I go down. And it allows for a lot more clear flow to your day as opposed to this, I'm charged up. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. And I'm spent and I'm done. This allows us to have moments of checking in with ourselves, moments of uh, recharging that battery. And every time it can look different. It might be, you know, in the morning when you're driving into work, you're driving without the radio on. And then, yeah, maybe at lunch, you have a 10 minute dedicated meditation practice. And then when you get home, maybe you have like a journaling. Pre- there can be different aspects of this, but it's having moments to just be alone with yourself and not getting more input in a world where it's all inputs. So again, try this first. I, I've mentioned this multiple times. Drive in silence. This is a great one. If you are looking at your day and like, there's absolutely no way I can spend 10 minutes alone with my thoughts anywhere. Well, most of us probably drive places. Most of us, most of you listening, do it without any input. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to drive without kids or whatever, but even if they're in the car, like be like, Hey, we're not listening to anything. No input. That's the only chance you get. It's great. Practice physical stillness. Go, you know, just how long can you stand in one position? Can you just sit and just notice what you're feeling when you're sitting, get in tune with your body? Walk or run with no music or other inputs. This is a great one for a lot of people to start with because you're still moving, You're move, right? It's not just not physical. I'm moving my body. I'm doing something maybe that I normally would and I'm just changing one variable here. No input, no music, nothing else. Uh, EMDR therapy, right, uh, was based off of walking and processing trauma. So there is there's a actual um, neurological thing going on when we're walking, we're scanning our horizon. It's allowing us to drop into our amygdala, our more primal brain states. Things come up and we're able to process trauma. Not saying that's what you need to do when you're doing this, but just walking alone with no inputs, no music, no podcasts can be just amazing. If you're stressed out, if you're working through some anxiety, I would highly recommend this. Sit in nature and just zone out. Again, no inputs. You just go to the park and you just, you're just looking around. You're just zoning out. And I would say on top of all of these is to put pen to paper at least one time a day. This is a great way to get all the stuff that's going on in your head and actually flesh it out. And now it's not just some jumbled mess in your head. This is a great wind down routine. Journal about your day. No right or wrong here, right? Whoa, how should I do this? Should I bullet journal? Just journal about your day. Hey, this happened. This happened. I reacted this way. I didn't like when this person said this. Da, 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 da. There you go. Guess what? You're probably going to be able to fall asleep a lot quicker. How many of you stew at night about the things that you're going through? Guarantee if you just commit, write down what happened during the day, you're going to start falling asleep a lot quicker. You're going to feel a lot more connected to yourself. 
Now, with the mindfulness, uh, when we were to, if we were to work one-on-one together, right? What we do is we go through like progressive stages of discovery here. It's it's progressively building out a meditation practice for you. Um, and we get to talk back and forth and figure out how are you experiencing the benefits of your daily practice? We get to showcase those benefits, right? Uh, and again, you get a clear, better relationship with yourself. You start to understand now these habits that are going to come up next, these pillars, excuse me, of health that are coming up next, how they're actually impacting. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to think differently about these things. Oh, I'm starting to really feel empowered and emboldened by these things. And, oh, I understand now why when I choose to do this, it makes me feel this way. And, oh, it's easy for me to not choose to do that because I'm mindful of it, right? So there's a lot that can be done here in a more one-on-one setting. But again, short, sweet to the point, this is a very, very, very abbreviated version of what I would go over in a one-on-one setting. But I hope it gives you guys kind of an idea of why a meditation and mindfulness practice is so easy. Um, If you're looking for apps or something like that. Again, calm. My go-to is waking up by Sam Harris because there's the meditation side and there's like conversations and education, um, headspace. It doesn't really matter, right? There's breathing practices, breathing practice. Wim Hof stuff is great. That's like at least five to 10 minutes of alone time. There's lots of avenues out there. The biggest thing I can say is just start, start with one of these drive in silence, get outside and zone out. Start including like walks in your day. That's just you and that's it. Um, And then connect the dots on how you're feeling afterwards. We don't need to overcomplicate this. Don't get caught up in like, I can't do this because I can't turn my mind off. I don't want to start taking drugs. Like what? Like, no, that's not what we're doing here. Um, We're just trying to develop your own specific time for yourself to work through your thoughts. So hope you guys enjoyed that. That's that first pillar, uh, mindfulness, meditation, mindset. Uh, Next week, we will be going over sleep, which from a physiological aspect is the most important. Um, And I'm sure most people like, oh God, here we go with sleep. But anyways, have a great week, guys. And I hope you're working on your mindfulness meditation practices. All right, guys. See ya.